Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk, and this is Vancouver Sex Talk. I am Maureen McGrath, hosting the show for you tonight. Uh, for those of you who are not aware of this, I did a TEDx Stanley Park talk called No Sex Marriage, Loneliness, Masturbation, Cheating, and Shame. And I want to play a little section little foreplay for you, a little segment of my talk Matt's going to play for you. And I'd love you to go to YouTube and just put in Maureen McGrath or Lula Lovelin, if you like to know. Maureen McGrath, TEDx Stanley Park, and you can listen to the whole thing. But here's a little bit for you. Take it away, Matt. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> okay, point made. <laughs> Anyhow, that is the most common question. You've heard that answer before here on the Sunday Night Sex Show. But, you know, I have to be careful because, um, you know, oftentimes that's all people are doing at work. And they might that might all might be the only thing they're doing in life. And it can really impact uh, their relationship or their quality of life or job or whatever. And it can be an addiction. So I have to be very mindful that because that can be a sign of sex addiction. Uh, People chronically masturbate. Uh, and sex addiction, addiction is a very difficult uh, affliction to have. All right, so we're going to be talking about uh, being single. Sometimes that's all you have is your hand. <laughs> um, but sometimes you have some other things as well. As well. And uh, I'm so glad Claire has stayed in the studio with me to discuss some of the ways she found to enjoy being single because it can be difficult as you mm-hmm. say, but now you're going over the dark side, and um, so you're no longer single. Um, so tell me, what was it? Were you in a relationship, and then you found yourself suddenly single, and were you feeling badly, or what was? Yep. Um, yeah, so I became single about the age of 25, I'd say, and I was single for seven years. And at the start of that time, I was feeling really down about it, like really not enjoying it. All my friends were in couples. I was feeling yeah, just really bad about being single and feeling very sorry for myself. And your friends who were in couples wanted to be single. They wanted to be you. Uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, we always want yeah. we don't have. Sometimes, yeah. They like to hear the stories. Yeah. Yes, of so course. So I went in that seven years from really feeling bad about being single to really enjoying it at the end of those seven years, almost to the point where I didn't want to be in a relationship because it would change the lifestyle that you, I'd got to. Do you think that contributed to, um, you know, the vibes that you put out there in meeting somebody and yep, that you were actually definitely. a happier person or, or yep, somebody wanted to be sure. around you? Yep, absolutely. All I right. really felt like I was... So you giving... met Mr. Wonderful, I'm assuming? Sometimes, yeah. All sometimes right. wonderful, no. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they all? Yep, Mr. Wonderful. Okay, so yeah. Mr. Wonderful enters your life. But yeah. uh, let's reflect back and see what were some of the coping strategies that you went through to... Uh, improve this. And if you have any mm-hmm. questions about being single, give me a call or give Claire a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you're feeling down about it, give me a call. If you want to get married, I have a sex toy for you. If there's no one in your life, I mean, you know, win this little couple's vibe and a few other things that are in the package as well. But so what were some of the strategies mm-hmm. and what do yep. you advise? So the first one I I kind of advise people is Look at the words you're using when you think about being single or what you associate with being single. You know, is that, for example, is it like feeling lonely and like eating dinner alone or living with your cats or being eaten by cats, you know? Or is it more on the other side of being free, being independent, being strong, that kind of thing? So listen to the language that you're using. And if necessary, like 
take a piece of paper, make a list. Like, what words do you associate with being single? And just check in and see if they're positive or if they're negative. You know, without beating yourself up, but just being aware. Like, this is what I'm thinking about being single. And then on the other hand, look at somebody, think of someone who really embraces being single, like who really loves being single, and think what kind of words you'd use to describe them. And see if there's a difference between how you feel, how you're, you know, portraying yourself or how you're thinking of being single, mm-hmm. and that person who might embrace it. So attitude is altitude. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So how you're presenting yourself. How about yep. when people ask you um, if you're, you know, are you single or are you going out with anybody? Is there anyone in your life? Blah, blah, blah. Yep. That kind of question. Yep. What time do you advise to Yeah, and that's the question answer. that I feel like every single person or most single people hate that question. You know, so are you seeing anyone? You're like, oh, groan, here we go again. Yep. So again, there can be a real difference with how you answer that question because what you give out is what you what comes back to you right so you can answer that question with no sadly i'm single you know sadly not with anyone right now do you want to give that as the answer no or, well, oh no, okay but, i was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, that's one way you can answer it and that's what i started answering when i was first single Woe or, is me yeah nobody. exactly yeah poor yeah. me <laughs> or you can answer it with no i'm single and i'm really enjoying fi- finding out about myself or i'm really enjoying learning about myself or no i'm single and i just got back from this great trip on my own you know and that right. leads into you know, something more positive or how about just no uh, and you know cuz are they writing a book you know <laughs> like no to give little information or thankfully no exactly you know yeah, i mean perhaps somebody was in a tough relationship and they're very mm-hmm. grateful for being single we assume that everybody who's single is unhappy uh-huh. and that's not the case yeah necessarily some of the happiest people i know are single (laughs) (laughs) and and with good reason some of the most unhappiest people i know are not single um but anyway okay so how about your how you spend time with yourself what what um yeah would you recommend so for me it was really important as well how i um the space that i had around me so one thing i one thing i'd recommend to people is getting your home or you know your apartment or your room if you're sharing a a house like get it exactly the way you want it Mm -hmm. just the way you want it so you feel good so creating that kind of sanctuary and the idea is not that you want to be at home all the time staying in but just so that when you are at home, right. you don't feel bad about it. You have a nice it. environment. Yep. I think that's good exactly. for single people or people who are in a relationship as yep. well. Always make, especially the bedroom, make it beautiful. Make it hotel-like. Make it, you know, yep. crisp, thick, white sheets. You know, just beautiful, yep. simple, um, yeah, whatever it is you clean. Like. Uh, yes, yeah, whatever makes, whatever floats yep. your Big boat. Big comfortable bed, stretch out in it, like sleep starfish. I used to sleep diagonally in my bed when I was single. Make the most of, of what yeah, you have. Yeah, basically. exactly. And how yeah. about going out uh, with other people, like... Um, couples for example do you want to stay away from couples or do you want to hang out with only single people or what's the story yeah interesting this was one thing i found really interesting when i was single so when i first became maybe single, you could meet someone's toss away you know <laughs> if at, at a couple's party or something right Here's like thing, yeah. yeah you never know yeah, right yeah, my, exactly so yeah. i think all I, as i said all my friends were you couples. didn't want him until i wanted him okay <laughs> yeah. yeah hands off my, my yeah my exactly trash, makes yeah. him more attractive to his yeah. wife but go yeah. ahead no, for me i found it was really important to ha- hang out with lots of single people like so increase your number of single friends which is easier than it sounds but there are things you can do to start keeping an eye out for other single people like your couple your friends in couples are great yeah but they don't understand the situation necessarily and you're they have short memories (laughs) (laughs) they were single once (laughs) too and you're you're not as likely to meet someone on your friend's dining room table as you are out and about doing something that you enjoy but how about a whole mob of women for example heads into coast or something it's like isn't that a bit intimidating for 
Somebody, I mean, do you want to really always be hanging around with these large crowds of, uh, I don't know, let's ask a guy. Matt, what do you think? You see a whole cache of women without any cash. No, I would kidding. rather be in a group. <laughs> You'd rather be in a yeah, group. Yeah, I don't like the one-on-one thing. It's, it's yeah. been, there's too much pressure on you. Yeah, yeah, true enough. Yeah, so I guess it's personality dependent as well. Yeah, and I think for me it's more about getting out there and doing something that makes you happy, which changes your whole kind of the way you see yourself. Absolutely. So if that means going out with the girls or if it means going to a meet-up group or something where you're you know, doing a hobby that you enjoy. Yeah, and here's mine. Don't be an ice princess. <laughs> I see so many people and they are miserable. I'm like, you're beautiful. Like you're, you're, you know, and you're so miserable. Like that guy is looking at you and then they're, they don't even notice. It's like, no wonder you're not meeting anybody. Put a smile on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Claire. Excellent advice. Good luck. Now that you're done being single and you've met Mr. Wonderful. And how long have you been going out with Mr. Wonderful? Uh, Three years. Oh, nice. Lovely. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to get him in here and talk to him about (laughs) about this as well. About me, Mrs. Wonderful. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much. So, uh, Chin up, ladies. There is somebody out there for you. As they say, there's a pot for every lid. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of pots for di- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for different, but any, any a lot of lids different for kinds of pots. different pots. Yeah. It's tough to be monogamous. You know, monogamy is difficult for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and um, that was some of the commentary that I got on my TEDx talk was, um, you know, that because I, I was saying, you know, how to um, get have sex in a marriage. This is for people who want to have sex in their marriage with the person they're married to. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have sex outside of their marriage. But um, some people were saying, you know, monogamy isn't for everybody. And, and, you know, and that's that's the case as well. But you know mm-hmm. what? There is a lid for your pot out there. When I come back, we're going to be talking about, well, if you can't find the lid for your pot, what do you do? You just take the pot and you walk down the aisle. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We just got caught up in the moment. I love that song. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk, Vancouver's Sex Talk, and Marriage Talk. We're talking about no sex and marriage tonight. (laughs) Most people would uh, agree with me on that one. Uh, But you know what? Guess what? Some people actually can't find anybody to marry or nobody's good enough, or they just don't want to marry somebody else. They want to marry themselves. This is a thing. This is a thing around the world. Marry Yourself Vancouver is uh, has a whole lot of uh, brides who have, they've helped walk down the aisle, and some of them even, they, they uh, sing their own song, shall we say. They... Uh, uh, they practice what they preach. That's what I'm looking for. That was the expression that I'm looking for. And anyway, joining me in the studio is one of the co-owners of Marry Yourself Vancouver, Tallulah. And she helps single brides celebrate. Hello, Tallulah. Good evening. How are you? Very well. Congratulations on your 10-year anniversary of being married to yourself. Thank you so much. That's excellent. So you mm. have like a peaceful, calm relationship. Now I've had my moments with myself. Have you? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, fair I enough, have. fair enough. But have you cheated on yourself? Not yet, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, see, there you go. You don't have to deal with have, that. Don't have to worry with that problem. So you married yourself 10 years ago. Now, uh, mind you, let's just step back. Uh, Marry Yourself Vancouver is a newly launched wedding planning and consultation service based in Vancouver. You help single women celebrate themselves with elaborate ceremonies. So you decided to 
walk down the aisle by yourself. Did, were you by yourself or did somebody give well, you away to no, yourself? No, and there was no aisle. Oh, there's no aisle. There okay. was a rabbit patch. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's as good as anything. <laughs> the rabbit patch. Okay. I think I, I wish I had a rabbit to give out tonight on the air. But anyway, rabbits know how to do it uh, quite well. So uh, regardless, I mean, I'm just using that as, a, as an expression, but many um, single people don't get married, so they, they lose that ceremony. Mm-hmm. They don't have that special day, that day that a lot of girls dream of, of becoming a princess, wearing the white dress, the whole nine yards. Um, so what made you decide to marry yourself? So something along those lines. So it started off, I was hosting these very elaborate dinner dinners with evening gowns and dressing up and stuff like that. Yes. And, um, and then a friend of mine had a whole collection of wedding dresses. So we combined the two, the, the evening, um, the the ceremony of the dinners and the um, the dresses. And um, so we made an occasion and then we decided, well, why don't we marry ourselves at the same time as we have the wedding dresses? I see. And so um, and so now this has formed or turned into a, a business mm-hmm. where so there's a lot of women who want to marry themselves. So so why are, what are some of the reasons women want to marry themselves? And does this mean they have to divorce themselves? Say they then decide to marry somebody else. Do they have to go? Shall I start a divorce company? <laughs> Anything for a buck. To start with, there you can call us about this, by the way. If you have any opinions, ideas, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you want to marry yourself or you know somebody who married themselves or you're single or whatever. 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you think this is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of, give me a call. I want to hear it. Go ahead. Yes, you, Tallulah. To start with, there's absolutely nothing legal about it. So you could do whatever you like after you marry yourself. There's no nothing you can't do. And one of the reasons is that as you go through life, and you maybe hit 35, 36, and you've had some nice relationships, but you've never married, and you've never had the ceremony, you may come to the point of time when you're like, I would like a ceremony or a day to celebrate and to mark my life and as I believe marriage is on the decline to a degree what we start to have is life is changing very very fast now is a lack of ceremony and a lack sort of bringing community together and people together and celebration so the nice thing about marrying yourself is that there are no rules and you can really formulate or make a ceremony that is specific to what you would like to see in a day and that could go from being quite complex, I suppose, to being very simple, whimsical. And so our consultation business is to really extract from the people how they feel about themselves, how they feel about ceremony, how they wish to shape this very memorable day for themselves. So in our case, we married together. So there were seven brides originally, <clears throat> and we all witnessed the ceremony that we sort of the vows that we said to each other. Do you have guests as well at the at the wedding? We made it private. Okay. Um, but that was just our choice at the time. I've been talking to someone, and she was thinking that she would like to have her mother and sister there and some family there. So that was her choice. And do do women get dressed up in white wedding dresses? Well, we did or the, whatever we did the first time. Mm-hmm. Again, that really would be the person's feelings so you could do that and who's choosing this 
the person is. Who's, but what, what types of people? You mentioned 35, 36, and that I associate with the biological clock. Well, it really could be anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the first time we did it, we spanned 25 years. So we had someone, I think, in their early 20s up to maybe around about 50 And this is happening the world over, from Taiwan to Australia. I mean, this is nothing new. No, I've I've heard that also, that it's sort of happening around the world. There's DIY kits, there's TED Talks, I believe. That's Um, right. It's even featured in um, some of the TV shows. But I actually, the other day I was speaking to someone, an an older friend of mine who's now 70, and she said in the mid-90s, she actually, when she turned 50, she decided to register herself, register herself at one of these posh China stores. Mm-hmm. And she registered for a wedding. And they said to her, so what's the husband's name? And she said, there's no husband. And then she threw herself, I guess, sort of a registry party. And then a year later, she married and in the same room. So it's sort of at that point in the mid-90s, she felt that there was something she wanted to do or celebrate or make a marker, maybe she'd gone to get some free gifts. I'm kidding. Well, maybe maybe, I'm joking. But you know what? The women who don't get married do sort of lose out on the bridal shower and the gifts and the wedding and the, you know, the attention and the fanfare. It's not also just attention. It's those moments you share with friends where it goes disastrously wrong. And those are what build friendships, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not all about sort of the gifts and things. It's, It's the the help that you receive from friends, the friends that fail you. <laughs> I mean, it's just the whole thing. But if you don't get married, then you miss out in all that kind of thing. And if you may or may not have children, but if you don't have children too, then again, there's a whole But are ceremony. people upset about getting invited to these weddings? Or are they just thinking, I mean, this is ridiculous. Why, you know, this oh. isn't a real wedding. You know, like say guests that... Um, maybe some friends may and some friends wouldn't. I mean... Has there, everyone, has there ever been one where there's been like 150, a sit-down dinner, n- marry yourself? No, we haven't done that yet. I mean, no. it could happen. Absolutely. But I think if you are out there and you want to plan your wedding to yourself, <laughs> marry yourself, Vancouver will plan that party for you. Yeah, I think it is sort of maybe right at this point in time, maybe appealing to people who are a little bit, um, shall we say, on the artistic side or... What have you gained out of being uh, uh, married to yourself for the last 10 years? Well, one of the most charming things was having the six other brides that did it because that really gave sort of a group and then just looking at at everybody else, they looked so beautiful. And then you didn't have to worry about in-laws. You didn't have to worry about a marriage. It's really serious. This is true. This is what my TEDx talk is all about anyway, all of the issues. Well, thank you so much. How can people uh, get your services or plan their wedding? So they could go to Marry Yourself Vancouver on Facebook or www.foreverlove.com. And that also has links to Marry Yourself Vancouver. Thank you so much. It's great information. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking about no sex and marriage tonight or just no partner and marriage too. (laughs) So just do it all, you know, by yourself. And I've asked Tallulah to stay in the studio with me. If you're just joining me now, Tallulah of Marry Yourself Vancouver was here. We were talking about uh, marrying yourself and we had a phone call. Normally I like you to talk to me, but this guy was too shy, apparently. Not like those men in Nigeria, Ghana, Pakistan. um, But... uh, 
Uh, Matt, you took the call, and so I thought it was a great question. Yeah, so his question was, um, for people who marry themselves, can they do it in groups? And also, um, do people who marry themselves live with other people who might want to marry themselves for financial reasons? Because obviously it's ridiculously expensive to live on your own in Vancouver. And that's why a lot of people don't get divorced is because it's too expensive. They can't set up the two houses, so they might as well stay miserable together in the one. Um, so, Tallulah, what do you think? Can people marry in groups and live together essentially is what he's saying so a bunch of people who have married themselves commune together well that's an interesting question it really depends on the group and how well they get on together i don't think any of the seven brides we could live together actually i think we're all quite different in personality and it probably wouldn't work in our case but if you happen to have a very tight group that thought they could live together is possible. But it's a great idea, and it also spawns something else for my imaginative head. Um, what if guys wanted to marry themselves? <laughs> I mean, why not? They want everything else we have, our orgasms, everything. Uh, well, <laughs> a guy could marry himself, no? In theory, yes, he could. But I think marrying yourself for women is a little bit different than for men. For example, we have been married off. We have been chattel in the past. So I think for us, marriage is a lot more of um, a stronger, maybe integral feeling. And it's then, a statement. A statement. It's a it's a stake in the ground of independence yes. and empowerment. I mean, because we're really talking only like in the last 50 years, things have changed enormously for women. So we, we're coming from a completely different angle than men, I believe. And I also think, generally speaking, maybe girls like dressing up and sort of the whole... Some boys like dressing no, up. No, 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 no I'm no, just no, kidding. No, I, know, I know, but no, t- theoretically, but I, yeah. I did say generally speaking. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> I did preface it with that. <laughs> no, I know. But so I think, you know, they, the whole process of marrying yourself could mean you could spend hours finding the right dress. I mean, coming up with elaborate ideas. And that maybe is a little bit more of a female... Centric. Centric pastime. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some guys that would really love doing that, but probably not quite so much. Well, it probably will expand, especially if uh, marriage continues to go the way of the dinosaur, as it has been since 2011. We actually have fewer married people than we have married hmm. people in this country, and that is a first, and that's it's continued to decline. And especially as we're living longer and we're living forever now, and, and the prospect of having sex with the same person for the rest of your life is uh, daunting for some. Uh, especially if they don't know how to keep things up in the bedroom. But uh, thank you so much, Tallulah. MarryYourselfVancouver.com. Thank you. And uh, hopefully, so all you brides that want to marry yourself, give Tallulah a call. Um, Guys, we're back to you now. Uh, There are certainly, you know, everybody thinks men are bravado and they are, you know, they're confident and they've got it all going on and that they have absolutely no bedroom worries or woes. Well, That is definitely not the case, especially if you could see my inbox and uh, you would learn some of the things that men worry about. They worry about whether their sex life is normal. And, you know, chances are some of your concerns are normal. And if you have a question for me, if your sexual concern is normal or not, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Tonight is uh, pretty dry on the phones there. People are calling, but they're too shy to come on the air. Yeah, there's, we've had two callers tonight, but both didn't want to come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. They don't win the prize. But, uh, you know, feel free. I do have this lovely little bridal gift, which I'd like to give out tonight. It's really beautiful. Uh, it's a Lalo 
um, sex toy and uh, or health device, as I like to say. It's a bridal pleasure set. So if you are a bride or you know a bride or, you know, I don't care if they're marrying somebody or nobody. But anyway, <laughs> getting back to the guys, um, if uh, one thing that guys worry about is... Uh, if women like chest hair, a lot of men will shave their chest or they will um, wax it or whatever, you know. And so a lot of guys have this as a worry. Well, fear not. Every woman is different, of course, and many male models and actors bear hairless chests. But, but some women actually prefer men with chest hair. So if you have chest hair, you know what? You're more than your chest hair. That's all I want to say. The size of a man's penis. Men worry about the size of the penis. Now, all of you out there, I'm sorry, you're all between five and six inches when erect and uh, flaccid, it's three inches. So you know what? Don't try to fake that anymore. Um, And most women know that. Uh, It's not that women prefer a larger penis. They're going to take what they they get, quite frankly. If you're good, they're going to take your penis regardless of the size. I mean, they might make mention of the size of a penis if it's particularly on the smaller side. But for the most part... Uh, the tr- the size of a man's penis does not mean a whole lot um, for women. And in fact, in one survey, only 1% of women said penis length was important. Only 20% even rated it important. More than half said it didn't matter at all. Width doesn't matter to women either. I'm not sure who these women are. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I am so bad. Anyway, this is the most fun job in the world, the field that I'm in, sexual health. you got to make light of it. Um, uh, Anyway, and only about a third of women in this particular survey found that um, the girth was important. So it's not, don't worry about your penis size. Being a nice guy is way more important. Um, so yeah, so don't worry about your penis size. We know that it's only five to six inches when erect. So you know what? The expectations aren't that high. We know this. I've educated women. So do not worry about it. And a lot, we're talking a little bit about orgasm tonight. A lot of guys worry. Uh, in fact, I've had, I cannot tell you how many patients have turned up to my office and men and women and men are like, you know, I can't get her to experience orgasm. What can I do? And I'm like, well, it's not about you necessarily. You know, it's really about her. So a woman's sexual satisfaction does not depend on your ability to bring her to orgasm. Get over it. And women, ladies, they often come into my clinical practice and they will be like, um, yeah, I have a new boyfriend and he really wants me to have an orgasm. I've never had an orgasm before. And I'm like, you know what? Do you want to have an orgasm? I know I've sung this song before. But anyway, a woman's sexual satisfaction does not necessarily depend, does not, no, does not depend on your ability to bring her to orgasm. But I think it's important that orgasm is important for women. Okay. And so women need to, um, that needs to come from them. Um, and you know, I think because women aren't educated about pleasure, women in, in research studies, women don't even mention orgasm when asked about their most satisfying sexual experiences. And I think the reason that in research studies, they refer to being loved or, you know, feeling passionate or happy or aroused is because that's what they think they're supposed to say, or that's all that they think they, um, you know, they can say, because you know what? Women are going to be slut-shamed 
if they say they enjoy sex. So there's this double standard that it, that exists, and uh, you're shooting your, yourselves in the foot, you guys. Anyway, so we need to change this. We need to change a lot about sex education. Um, but maybe, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> not Peter. Peter's on the line. <laughs> Hello, Peter. Hello. How are you? How are you? Well, I'm fine. How are you? What's oh, uh, can you turn your radio off, please, Peter? My radio is off. Okay, good. Something's on, Peter. Okay. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good. Great. Yeah. Did so, you um have a question? Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> I was. Uh, I just came. Uh, I'm a fan of you, and uh, I always <laughs> listen to you. But uh, I just went to washroom, and, and I came back, and I had uh, had. Uh, 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 about the prize, and I was c- kind of curious to know what. I what know was. it's for ladies, my friend. Oh, it's for ladies. It is. Oh, next I, week, I, listen in next week. I'm going to give out a prize for men. Oh, I see. All right. Oh, anyways, uh, it's good talking to you. Anyways, lovely to talk to you, Peter. Thanks for the call. All right. Okay. So um, these are, you know, there are some worries that men have in the bedroom. That's what we're talking about. But uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about how that release of oxytocin may take away all the worries. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. I am Maureen McGrath here on CKNW. We're talking sex tonight. I have, uh, as we do every Sunday night, or I try to anyway, but, you know, a lot of people have problems in their relationships and they complain. That's the biggest complaint that I hear is they're not having sex. Now, I expect to hear get at least two emails tonight from people who are going to be upset and tell me how much sex that they're having. And they're actually not even having it that much anyway. But, um, you know, two or three times a week isn't really that much. But nonetheless, um, there is one um particular sex position for married couples, and I refer to it in my TEDx talk. Do you mind uh, playing that for us, Matt? You ever heard of that one? Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm sure that's not what your life is like, but uh, I don't know who these people are that are coming to see me in my clinical practice. I have an email for you. Oh, if you want to listen to the full 21 minutes and 32 seconds of my TEDx talk, you can go to YouTube and just put in Maureen McGrath, my stage name, uh, TEDx Stanley Park. You can call me still. I have a few minutes left to the show, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Some people prefer to email sextalk at cknw.com, sextalk at cknw.com. I should probably slow things down. Slow sex is good. But uh, here's an email from somebody. This is from... George, dear Maureen, recently I realized that I am a type 2 diabetic. I couldn't enjoy sex as well as before. Do you have any advice? Uh, Yes, as a type 2 diabetic, it's important that you eat a healthy uh, healthy diet. You make sure that your blood sugars are within normal limits. You want to have steady blood sugars. You may need to take medication, metformin. Exercise is key. That will help to increase the blood flow. You want to keep your weight down. You want to keep your abdominal girth down. Um, it's generally a uh, it's adult onset diabetes, so it's the one that generally does not require most times does not require insulin. So it's treated with diet and exercise and nutrition. 
So I would just live as healthy a lifestyle as possible, keep the alcohol down, low, stress, manage your stress uh, very well as well, exercise, pump iron, uh, go for walks. Um, if you're feeling a bit down or um, it's great to lift weights because that has been shown to treat depression in men. Um, so that's one thing, really living a healthy life and not letting the weight uh, increase, especially that abdominal girth that's never appealing. And it makes your penis look smaller beside the fat, beside that. So that's the only thing that actually increase somebody's penis size is if they lose their weight around their midsection. Uh, the extenders don't work. Surprise, surprise. Here's your second question. The other question is, is there any relationship between diabetes and type of sex? I mean, straight, gay, etc.? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm just curious why you would even ask that question, but sometimes I only get the tip of the iceberg. Anyway, when I come back, we're going to address that pleasure hormone. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980. Little medley there, a little musical medley from Matt. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I wanted to say something. I am a clinician. I see patients with sexual health dysfunction and disorders, especially if they're bothered by them. I do also uh, educate and advise people about their relationships. So I have two clinical practices. One is in North Vancouver, where I see men and women in that office. I see couples or men and women. Uh, and uh, my Vancouver office is it's a, it's a women's clinic. So I only see women in the uh, Vancouver office. So um, just keep that in mind if you send me a message about where you'd like to see me. So uh, that's, that's the work that I do during the week to gather up all of this information that I deliver to you every Sunday night for two hours now. You know, some people, sex is still quite a taboo subject, and so many people are nervous about talking about it, as evidenced by tonight's callers and, and other nights I get calls or people want me to call them back after the show, <laughs> um, and uh, or all the letters that I get or the emails and the concern around privacy and confidentiality, and, you know, people don't want their voice to be recognized because, God forbid, they have a question about sex. Uh, so you may or may not call into a radio show. If you have a sex problem, you may scour the Internet. Dr. Google sometimes gives you the right answers and sometimes certainly does not. Um, or you might talk to friends and they may give you incorrect information as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, you know, we there is research about this and there's medical research and oxytocin uh, has been researched as well. And the conventional wisdom was that this little molecule was only active in women and that it was involved with little more than birth and lactation. But but that's definitely not the case. And so it's necessary for pair bonds. And yes, and that's why it was associated with birth and motherhood and, you know, baby and maternal bonding. But oxytocin helps with everything from healing burns to strokes to high blood pressure, heart disease, kidney malfunctions, schizophrenia and autism. Uh, it's sometimes it's not necessarily all that obvious and because these ailments have very little or seemingly have very little to do with each other. And that's why oxytocin is a remarkable panacea. Um, so 
probiotics are something that may require oxytocin to work. And I say the best probiotics come from vegetables and fruits, the skin of vegetables, um, cauliflower, broccoli, all the cruciferous vegetables. Um, And, you know, that's the kind of... um, diet. You want to include those in your diet and you don't even realize, you know, all of the reasons. Yes, it may help with your GI tract, but it also may help with improving your skin conditions or hair growth or wound healing. Um, we've seen this in um, in some research, especially in uh, mice. So these may definitely have healing properties. Anyway, we release oxytocin in different ways. Uh, there's a pervasive level that's always within our systems, but uh, we're there's acute pulses that come from being exposed to different scenarios in life, both positive and negative. But um, anyway, it's really interesting about this particular hormone. And so I think I'm going to have to go into it a little bit deeper next week when I return to you and uh, bring you some male sex toys as well. Anyway, we're going to go to break. And uh, when I come back, we're going to wrap this baby up and I'm going to tell you what's coming up on the show next week. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. And, you know, we're doing a two-hour show now, Matt. Thank you very much for all your help. And uh, we still run out of time. I think I talk too much. What do you think? No, not at all. <laughs> well, thank you very much for all your help tonight. That's, I absolutely uh, love being here with you. So it's, it's my pleasure. That's so nice. I love having you. You know, that is so important in any relationship, a willing participant. Well, you're stuck with me for at least another month. So. Fantastic. That's great. All right. Well, you know, it's great because, uh, you know, you deliver a better show. And, you know, when somebody's engaged and happy about it. And uh, so I really appreciate all your efforts. I'm actually going to probably get a bottle of wine and watch your TED Talk tonight. So Oh, fantastic. <laughs> And you should watch the TEDx talk as well. Just go to YouTube and put my real name in, Maureen McGrath. I'm going to change it to something sexier soon. (laughs) Um, And uh, TEDx Stanley Park. Uh, You might learn a thing or two. It covers a lot of areas. Um, But if not, you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can go to my blog, my vaginal health blog, which is called Fifty Shades of Pink. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Uh, next week, I'm going to have to be con- be continuing the conversation that I started tonight. I, I'm going to look for some great, I know that I've given out sex toys for guys in the past. I just haven't lately. And nobody even called in except for the one guy for my little beautiful white wedding. I guarantee Scotty will be calling in next week. <laughs> Great. Turn up to the station, Captain Scotty. Uh, Anyway, remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk, Vancouver's Sex Talk.